Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast. Woo! I'm here with Midori. Hi, Midori. Hey, y'all. Hi. Thank you for having a conversation with me on the podcast in addition to the Sexplanations video series. Oh, oh, that was fun. That Double was, treat. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. You are brilliant at what you do. Oh, thank you. And it was so cool to do a kink negotiation with you in real time and learn that process of having a more nuanced conversation than just exchanging what will won't list. So that was really special. Yeah. And, and the first few times people try that, it may seem a little bit awkward, but then it, it becomes natural and conversational and it can get really flirty and sexy. Yeah. yeah. It was so great. Yeah. So if you haven't already, please check out that video on Sexplanation's YouTube channel. This is the podcast though, and I want to give a shout out to all of you who make it possible at patreon.com slash Sexplanation's podcast. Midori, you also have a Patreon oh, if we want to support you. Thank you, Patreon supporters. We love you dearly. I actually have a Patreon page. It is patreon.com forward slash Planet Midori. All my stuff's under Planet Midori. On my Patreon page, I focus on my art making mm -hmm. and performance art, event production, and a little bit on the writing side as well as trying to make space to write my next rope bondage book, which I will talk about things that I really want people to know, but a lot of my artwork as well. I, I just uh, did a major installation in New York at uh, the Leslie Lohman Museum. So if you support me on my Patreon, you will hear about my artwork and my, and some of my supporters get monthly travel treasures. You know, I travel a whole yeah. lot with my work. Yeah. So, so my uh, superheroes get a monthly surprise packet from my travels. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, we yeah. do something similar for the road tour and it's so fun collecting things for people. Right? Oh, I yeah. love sending mail. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so you are working on another book. I am. What is, can you tell me the list of titles that you have accumulated at this point? Sure. Uh, let's see. I have Seductive Art of Japanese Bondage, mm -hmm. which was the first English language instruction book on shibari or Japanese bondage. Mm -hmm. And funny stories, when I first wrote that, um, we didn't really think it would sell because it wasn't all that popular, rope bondage. Now it's like crazy popular. So my book is still out there. Yeah. And let's see, then there's my book, Wild Side Sex, The Book of Kink, mm -hmm. which it's not, there's a little bit of how-to in it, but there's a lot of why. And mm -hmm. my, my best of essays. So good book. I also have... I, I don't know if this is still in print, but the <laughs> Toy Bag Guide to Foot and Shoe Worship. Tiny little book, little booklet. Ooh. Yeah, Playing with Foot and Shoe Worship. And then there's Master Han's Daughter, which is very dark, sexual cyberpunk. It would almost be considered erotic horror. Whoa. Yeah, set in kind of a Blade Runner-esque near future Tokyo. Super dark. Ooh. And I explored all the ways in which, or a lot of the ways in which people have possibly toxic relationships to sex mm. through a cyberpunk medium. And then wow. my latest book that's out is a collaboration with Cecilia Tan and Laura Antonou, both highly accomplished authors. Laura wrote the Marketplace series, and Cecilia has many, many uh erotica novels under her belt but we wrote co-wrote a book called silk threads 
three-part novella set in a Japan that we imagined. I'm originally from Japan. Um, past, present, and future. And all three stories, the, the characters in there have familial lineage connection, and it, it has to do with engaging in, oh, there's, there's this magical thread, a magical silk that travels through this familial line. And all three stories feature women engaging in their sexual power. Ooh. Yeah. Lots of romance, a lot of high adventure, a lot of very explicit hot sex, silk threads. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're a writer and an artist and a teacher. Yeah. And somewhere in there, I'm supposed to get sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the next book is a follow-up to my seductive art of Japanese bondage and incorporating all the things I've been teaching in Rope Dojo. Mm. So it's not Japanese bondage per se, but hot role play for lovers. Goodness. Yeah. And it's not about the knots. It's not, you know, there'll be a little of that, but it's more about how to engage with one another, how to use rope in creative ways. Mm-hmm. And instead of just worrying about the damn macrame. I, I'm intimidated by you. You are so accomplished. Oh my God. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, wow. I, I just, I just kind of go where my my interests and my passion takes me. I don't always plan it out, and somehow it works out. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go diving, scuba diving? Yeah, because I love flying, and scuba diving is the closest thing you can to flying, like flying with yeah. fish. Yeah. 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 Oh, goodness. You're so cool. And then you are doing Fort FM. Fort FM, fortfm.com, Women's Dominance Weekend Intensive. Mm-hmm. I also do, so that's for women only, but all my other classes are for people of all genders. So I've got rope bondage stuff, I have like flogging stuff, I have using your voice, I have my negotiation class. Um, so other than Fort FM, they're for all people. To teach them how to be more confident in their dominance and no, just have fun. And, just yeah. have fun. Yeah. Mm. Will you share your definition of BDSM oh, on the podcast? Yes. My definition of BDSM is childhood joyous play with adult sexual privilege and cool toys or cops and robbers with fucking. And when you think about it, mm-hmm. well, Simon Says is a DS game. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And throw grown-up sexual privilege in it and then cool toys. Now, the cool toys don't always have to be expensive toys. It could also be common things found around the home or pervertibles. Ooh, what are your favorites? Okay, so pervertibles. It's like, okay, if I had 20 bucks and I could go to a dollar store, or Mm -hmm. if I had 20 bucks and take you on a pervertibles shopping spree, it can be a load of fun, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Especially like Asian grocery stores or Asian dollar stores, so much fun. (laughs) Right. So, okay, so some of the things. um, All right, so... On one hand, I love fancy toys that are beautifully made and like custom made 
equipped with, you know, made just to my hand size with specified colors and which is all lovely, mm-hmm. right? Which is great. But on the other hand, I also love being like the MacGyver. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The MacGyver, um, Martha Stewart of kinky sex. Yeah. You know? And so just like looking around and figuring out what to do, right? So you can have the fancy bondage bag. Great. Mm-hmm. Or I could go to the corner bodega and get a triple X large pantyhose and run it over your entire body. And now we have a bondage bag. Oh, so good. Yeah. Like run it over like, you know, the whole thing, put your mm-hmm. whole body into like one bag mm-hmm. and one leg. Mm-hmm. And then the other leg, I can uh, put your arms into it. Now your arm binder. And because it's, you know, a $5 pantyhose, I can cut holes into it and get to your good bits. <laughs> That's a really good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, clothes hanger with the pant clips. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nipple clips, attach weights. Wow. Right? Wow. So I think this started mm-hmm. when, okay, first of all, you know, artsy college kid, no money, right? This so, is you. Yeah, that's okay. me. Artsy yeah. college kid, me, no money, and also priding myself in being kind of crafty and clever, mm-hmm. yeah. right? At the same time, I can't really make a lot of things like, you know, I'm not like hand turning wood or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm, and in the moment when I'm feeling sexy and randy and I want to do something surprising, I'm looking around the room going, what the hell do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. So I remember in college, a boyfriend of mine and I, it was a, a fancy getaway weekend and we got, instead of just like a cheapo hotel, mm-hmm. a nice hotel. And, you know, poor college kid, right? Yeah. It's the kind of hotel that had bathrobes and a four-poster. Must have been Valentine's or something. Uh-huh. Like, ooh. So next thing you know, I've taken the belt out of the belts out of the bathrobe and was like asking him to tie me up. <laughs> you were into it early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it was that. And then I think I just like the creative repurposing. Mm -hmm. It just makes me feel like a smarty pants. Yeah. Yeah. So like 20 bucks in a dollar store or an Asian dollar store. Let's see other things. Um, Particularly at like Asian dollar stores, you can get like Hello Kitty clips for like your memo pads and all that. Mm -hmm. Awesome as body clamps. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, those uh, massaging bongers, you know, they have like a ball on a ball on a handle for massaging your muscle bit. Yeah. Great for like butt spanking. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, of course, there's a ubiquitous uh, massaging shower head. Yay. Yeah. Uh, electric toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. On um, tender bits, electric toothbrush. Great for like Insta vibrator fun. Yep. Um, take the electric toothbrush and put a couple of condoms on it inside. Yeah. Yeah. Or repurposing a sexual thing, the any condoms, I think mm-hmm. they've changed the name. They used to be called female condoms, mm-hmm. which always bothered me. Mm-hmm. It should really be called any condoms. Yeah. Any condoms, take the inside ring out, mm-hmm. right? And the outside ring is attached. Use it for butt play. Yeah. And put all sorts of things in it. And like, take. <laughs> Put things in it. Yeah, take put marbles in there and say, how many marbles have I put in? So kinky. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Other things that you can do, cheesy plastic flowers. Okay. Right? Attach them to a vibrator? Or or a flogger. Use it it to whack somebody. Use it as a flogger. Yeah. Clever. Because they used to take back massagers and they would put those fake flowers Mm -hmm. on them and that was like 
generation one of vibrators. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, other things that are fun. Let's see. Um, this is silly. Uh, but post-it notes as targets. As targets. Right. Can you explain? So post-it notes, tiny post-it notes on your butt or your back or your breasts. And then you're whipping them off? Yeah. That is some skill. Or you can whip them off with something like the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because are you, are we talking about the same skill? So you would take a sticky note. Yeah. Like one of those that's tiny. And tiny you ones. put it on the butt. Yeah. And do you have the ability and like to cover the off? entire butt with it? And are, do you have the ability to, to wield a whip and like well, pluck if, let's say off one Let's say if you're using a flower flogger, the mm-hmm. objective is merely to see how many you can get off. And you really don't need accuracy with that. Right. Yeah. And it's going to have the drag of the yeah. adhesion. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, or bubble wrap. I've done things with bubble okay. wrap. Tell me yours. Like wrap a person with bubble wrap, mm-hmm. lots of bubble wrap, right? Wrap them, wrap them, wrap them, trap a vibrator in there. Okay. <laughs> and then you can start whacking them all over. And yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or saran wrap or, you know, the, the cling wrap, mm-hmm. cling wrap. Layer cling wrap, some ice. Mm-hmm. Layer cling, cling wrap again. Well, then like vibrator or layer a cling wrap, put rope in it, and then layer a cling wrap and pull the rope through. <gasps> Creates a weird Ooh, crawling feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you just put all this together in your head. Yeah. I just look at things and go, ooh, that's a weird way to use it. Barbie clothing on penises. Barbie For dresses. Humiliation? Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. I want to talk to all the people <laughs> you played with. Oh, a box of toothpick. Okay. Okay. So box of toothpick, take a wad of it, and then it becomes, the surface is like lots of pointy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then you can whack, whack, whack. You can also take the toothpick and run it along the skin. You can take toothpicks between the toes. So if they tend to curl their toes in pleasure. Then you get them. Yeah. Is this people, things that people are seeing you use, or do you have them blindfolded and you're just pulling out your bag of cheap tricks? Either. Yeah. Depends if, depends how we're playing. Have you ever done sensory deprivation and had them guess? That is fun. Yeah. Especially if, if there's confusing things like, okay, so take a butter knife, uh-huh. right? And put it in the freezer. Okay. People swear it's hot. Interesting. But take a butter knife. Put it in the freezer and then have a tiny piece of like ice cube on the edge. And then people swear that it, they're being, it's cutting and that they're bleeding. They're not. It's a butter knife. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So it's, it's safe mind fuckery. Wow. Okay. So the thing is, uh-huh. okay, go back to that kid head, right? Mm-hmm. Some kids like to tell scary stories. Yes. Some kids like to have to be to hear and listen to scary stories. Some kids like to build houses of horror, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are those called? Um, haunted houses. Haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Some kids love to build like haunted forts and all that. Mm-hmm. And some kids like to be made to go in, made, yeah. quote unquote, go into it. It's not different. You know, I was that kid. I was like, ooh, let me tell you a scary story. Yeah. Just to watch your eyes go big and go, oh my God. And then at some point going, boo. Ah! And I was the kid that liked hearing the scary stories. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. Yeah, you like it, don't like it, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, you hate the moment of the boo, but the rush is exciting. And not to mention the, that you know that the person's telling you the story likes you, mm. right? Yeah, it is so much about that connection. You were just saying that on the in the video. Yeah. And I, oh gosh, I wish there was a way to tell the masses that BDSM is really the, the most lovely sexuality. And the nice thing too, is it doesn't always have to involve the genitals. Right. Right. So direct genital contact, not to say that, that okay, so people may have different sexual boundaries and they may even want, they may have different orientation preference. Now, me as a cis woman, I play with with gay men. We don't play with genital genital sex, but we're playing with whole body and whole mind, knowing that we can totally say, okay, genital genital contact not happening, mm-hmm. but let's mess with each other and have uh, fun, scary games. Yeah. Yeah. And so it expands the possibilities. And they get off on it. Yeah. See, to me, that is a higher level of sexual expression because it's full of negotiation and safety and thoughtfulness and creativity rather than just the like, we're going to do this perfunctory thing. Mm -hmm. There's so much more consideration put into it. I have many friends and lovers with whom I have different degrees of intimate touch or not, Mm -hmm. depending on terms and conditions of everyone's relationships and where they're at in the moment. But by looking at BDSM, as well as a whole range of sexual possibility, erotic possibility, or maybe even just bring it up to like joy, right? Mm-hmm. And play. It allows it allows for a whole range of different ways to interact erotically with people that that don't feel limited. And sure, you know, okay, would I? Are, have there been times where it's like, oh, I would have liked to have been more sexual or genital mm-hmm. contact with this person, but it's not available? Okay, I might miss that, but oh, I have all these other things I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Skin. It's a huge sex organ. Mm-hmm. Yep. Skin, brain, yeah, imagination. Mm. You said that you enjoy talking about uh, consent and collaboration. Oh, yeah, yeah. Will you tell me something about that that you really enjoy? So I'm so glad that right now as a society and culture, we're talking about consent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we're really at an early stage of discussing this. So we're all trying to work it out. And I'm glad consent's being talked about. And then I'm glad people are talking about enthusiastic consent. Mm -hmm. But enthusiastic consent may be a little bit tricky because what if I don't know this? I've never done this. How can I be enthusiastic about it? Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I've never had sushi, which we'd have to imagine this because I grew (laughs) up with it. But let's say I've never had sushi, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, or yeah, let's say I've never had sushi. And, and you ask me if, you know, do I want to go eat sushi with you? I don't feel like I can enthusiastically consent because I don't know if I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I'm a little bit risk aversive around food, maybe. So I would consent to it, but is it enthusiastic? No, it's, it's a reluctant consent because I'm not sure about sushi, but at the same time, 
I'm enthusiastic about being at dinner with you. So another framework I'm thinking about and the phrasing I've been introducing is engaged collaborative consent. Engaged collaborative consent. Yeah, engaged collaborative consent in that I'm going to engage in this activity with with full engagement, full presence, full like, okay, I have never had sushi, but I'm going to have a darnut. I might not like it. I might hate it. I might love it. I have no idea. Raw fish, you. Okay, but I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Here I go. So that's the engaged part. Collaborative would be like, okay, you're going to take me to sushi and I need you to guide me. But I'm going to tell you if I don't like something. Yeah. So engage collaborative consent. And that's what you strive for in your relationship. Yeah. And teach. Yeah. And I think that gives room for experimentation Mm -hmm. and and experimentation and embracing failure. Because if you go to get sushi and you put it in your mouth and determine that it is not for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know that we call that a failure, but how sometimes when people people when people don't experience orgasm or pleasure or joy or they came if they didn't come out feeling like they didn't accomplish their checklist Mm -hmm. or they they didn't accomplish an an imagined pleasure state Mm -hmm. we can get hard on ourselves like oh i didn't have an orgasm i didn't have 10 orgasms i didn't have a dopamine rush i am not feeling subspace or dom space or whatever it must have been a failure or my partner called red and they didn't like it and that must be a failure and for for conscientious lovers, of course, we're going to feel that. But what if we embraced exploration and with the possibility that this might not work out, but let's see together what happens? Yeah. It, it makes it a little easier. It makes it a little more forgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And why should the person... Why should people be expected to be an expert or just, you know, there's all this educational material out there. I mean, never mind the the crappy sex ed in schools. There's so much resources like your YouTube series and and books and all of that. But you can only learn so much from, from theory. And there's this analysis paralysis of self-help paralysis. Mm Mm-hmm. At some point, we got to try it and be willing to not work. I mean, it's like, how do we learn how to ride a bicycle? Exactly. You know, do we study the physics of the bicycle and the motion and we study and we learn, you know, does somebody go out and learn how to ride a bike by understanding the physics of it and getting the best bicycle possible and then learning all the risks and flaws and the possibilities and the bones you can break and the result of concussions from a bicycle accident? They have to ride. A kid would never learn how to ride a bike if we're like, okay, we need to understand the centrifugal force and the maximal speed you need to maintain verticality. No, it's like, okay, here's a bike that's your size. It's a cheap bike. Mm -hmm. If you bang it up, it's okay. And here's training wheels. You fell down. This is why you put on a a helmet. I told you to wear the helmet. Did that hurt? Let's fix it. Okay, now put on that helmet. Okay, let's go try that again. Yeah. And if you fall down, hey, you fell down. Awesome. That was a fine fall down. In fact, you kind of course corrected instead of falling into the into the tree, you fell into the grass. Don't you all want Midori to 
treat your sexuality in the same way. <laughs> yeah, you know, if we, if we figure out that instead of falling into the tree or, you know, into the traffic that we fell into a pile of leaves or we felt awesome, that, that'd be great. I'm like, okay, next time I'm going to, all right, I'm going to do this again. All right. And maybe not that steep a hill or maybe a steeper hill. Yeah. Or maybe next time I wear a long sleeve shirt. Because I scraped up my elbow. So the engaged part is that you get on the bike. Yeah. The collaborative part is that you have someone around to coach you and support you. Or and figure you it out together. Yeah. Yeah. Play with you. Yeah. Yeah. And the collaborative part also means it's not just about me getting what I want out of you, right? In, mm -hmm. in ignoring your needs. Or you or me like surrendering all of my needs to just make you happy. And I think some people can go either way of the collaborative part is, can we both figure out how we can be experience joy and adventure together? That's cool. Yeah. Anything else that you're working on? Any other mind blowing sex related ideas? Microcycle of consent. Microcycle. Microcycle of consent. Okay. Um, do you like dancing? Do you yes. like, paired, what kind of dancing do you do? Uh, I love it all. Yeah, like salsa, mm -hmm. tango. Mm -hmm. All right. So microcycle of consent, right? The way that we talk about consent in the world today, a lot of times it's just the part where I would say, would you like to dance? Let's go dance. And if you said yes, then that's the consent. Mm -hmm. Except think in dancing, right? Let's say if, if I'm leading and you're following. Mm -hmm. That'd be like dominance and submission, right? We're dancing together because we want to spend time together. Dominance and submission. We're topping and bottoming. We're topping and bottoming because we want to play together. Mm -hmm. And when in communication, in dancing, I may press up against your waist with my hand, right? right? To move you from right to left. Right. Okay? I don't text it to you. I don't tell you. I don't smoke signal. I don't write to you. I don't mm -hmm. say, okay, left, left, right, right, dip. Right. Mm -hmm. So so in every game we play, we have limited modalities of communication and rules and tools. Correct. Okay. So there's that. So in microcycle of consent, it goes transmit, comprehend, decide, act. Transmit. Comprehend. So that's the, here's the hand on the waist. So if I put my hand on your waist, right? Now, if I, if I tried to transmit by having you read my mind, mm -hmm. it would not work. I can think all I want. I can stare at you with weird cross-eyed looks and will you to move left. You guys can't see my weird face right now, but I wish you could. Okay. You would just look at me like, am I having a seizure? Right. I have failed in transmittal. Right. Now, let's say I put my hand on your waist. I have trans, I'm transmitting a signal. Right. Now I receive it, but you have to comprehend oh, it. Comprehend it. Right. So I comprehend. So, but you might also fail in comprehend and thinking that I'm just caressing you. And you just like receive the caress and go, ooh, she's touching my bod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now we have failure and comprehension. Mm -hmm. Okay. But let's say that I hand, waist. Okay. You're like, okay. Comprehend. Comprehend. I got to move. Then you have to decide. Whether or not to. Move. Consent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So then I say yes by moving. By moving. So you comprehended, you decided, and you acted. 
Ah. Now, in a single song, mm -hmm. how many microcycles of consent are there? Hundreds. Yeah, the entire thing is a series of microcycle of consent. It's a feedback loop. Which you would like people to carry over into their sexual practices. Yeah. Or their, their engagement of any kind. Right. Which I think that people do. But they don't break it down and think of it like that, right? They don't break it down and think of it. And I think that right now, because consent has become so popular... We have people swinging to this end of it all has to be verbal and it all has to be enthusiastic or to the other end where, oh, saying or asking for consent is uh, unromantic and not sexy. And so let's just like read each other's minds and it'll work out. But I think what you're saying is, hey, why don't we pay attention to the nuances of human behavior right. and be act consensually with each other and recognize that that process is ongoing and repetitive rather than just like one obvious mm -hmm. orgasmic yes versus nothing at all. Right. And, uh, and understanding that the micro cycle of consent is the dance. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you came up with this. Yeah. Are you teaching it? Yep. I teach it in a lot of my classes. I teach it in Fort FM, uh, a lot in Fort FM. I teach, teach it in, uh, my conversation and negotiation class that I call creating amazing scenes. Mm. Yeah. And if we can take joy in the success of, Hey, I transmitted, you comprehended, you decided, you acted. Now, now we have this whole flow. What if at one of those levels, it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. Then what do you, so let's say you do the touch. What is that first one? Transmit? Transmit. Okay. Transmit is broken. Mm -hmm. Then you have to work on a different form of transmission. Yeah. Or like, oh, I've been trying to get you to do this. And why don't you do this? Oh, I thought you were just touching my butt. No, I'm trying to get you to move left. Oh, okay. So that that's when clarification and misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then let's say the transmission goes through the transmit and the comprehension mm -hmm. breaks. Mm -hmm. I guess that would be that too. Where yeah. you're clear, asking yeah. for clarification. Mm -hmm. And let's say both of those go through. You make it to, what's the third one? Transmit, comprehend, decide. Decide. So I decide no. Mm -hmm. Like I get what you want me to do, mm -hmm. but I don't want to do it. I don't want to spin under your arm because your body odor is offensive or something mm -hmm. like that. Then you receive the rejection and everybody moves on to the next dance move. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I'm noticing, and I've had conversations where that went something like this. And and by the way, I'm going to model this by touching you. So, okay. You have so, my consent. Okay. Yes. All right. So here's the conversation that I had once. I had this like fancy latex dress on at a party. I and mean, this is a real situation. Okay. Right? And this uh, gentleman came up. And we were, you know, small, small talk, chit chat, chit chat. Um, and he, this is how it went. Oh, that's an amazing dress. May I touch while oh, touching? No, red. And <laughs> at that point, I grabbed his hand, pulled it off, and I said, and pulled it off. And, and then he looked surprised and said, but I asked for consent. I asked if I may. I said, you didn't give me the space to answer it. Uh -huh. So what I'm noticing with some folks is if they ask that somehow they assume it's an automatic yes, not waiting for giving the space for consideration. Right. And he was actually genuinely stunned 
that he thought that just asking for consent, and this happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I also find that we haven't been given the, the habit and the practice to, for the person on the receiving side mm-hmm. to say, you have to wait for me to consider the answer. You have to wait for me to decide. Yeah. I've been in multiple conversations like that where people say, oh, yeah, because I asked. Like, wait, no, no, no. It is a toxic entitlement Mm -hmm. that asking, just by asking, you are now entitled to that. So are there spaces where people are learning how to consider the answer, either waiting for someone else to give it to them or waiting through their own process of whether or not they want to give a yes or a no or a maybe or a later? Betty Martin's doing some great work around that. So Betty Martin's um, Wheel of Consent, Mm -hmm. totally gorgeous, great model. So if you all hear about this, you should go look it up. Um, I think giving ourselves a beat to actually decide, the transmit, comprehend, decide. Mm. And in the middle of sex, you can actually play with this. So let's say that, okay, so let's say if we're sexual and in the middle of us fucking mm-hmm. and I, I, and we know that you like me going down on you mm-hmm. and it's a thing that we do, mm-hmm. right? Normally and regularly and with joy, mm-hmm. right? And let's say I'm about to go down on you. We can even play with this and you can go, hold on, let me decide. Now we both know you're probably going to say yes, but then you're going to like have me like anticipating. <laughs> How about now? Okay. Then you can just go... No, I'm still deciding. I can just wait right there. I'm still deciding. In the meantime, you may be like, I'm going to still say yes. I'm still going to say go. I'm going to tell you exactly left, right, center, and how. Mm-hmm. I'm deciding. No, I'm still deciding. You just wait right there. I'll be like, nah. <laughs> I'm flexing my tongue. Waiting. Still deciding. Okay, go. So you can even play yeah. with that. It's make it fun. And you can say no. Yeah, you can say, and you know, you could say, no, my left nipple needs attention. Okay. What are your favorite ways of saying no? Mm, favorite, well, a lot of context, right? Um, there's straight up no pause. It's just This is kind of a fun one, especially with um, folks with toxic entitlement. Mm-hmm. No, no explanation, nothing. Just pause. Yes. Good. I like it. <laughs> but if it's uh, if it's a no now, it should be a different one. Oh, uh, Marsha B has a really nice discussion around no, how to say no. She's got a nice postcard. So, yeah, Marsha, uh, she does a program called Asking for What You Want. But let's see, there's also the fun one of no, but instead I would like this. Mm-hmm. If it's like in the midst of a midst of passion or... Uh, with somebody with whom I want interaction. Mm-hmm. No, but I would like this instead. Um, there's also the, thank you so much. Not there right now. Yeah, these are all yeah. great. There's also, thank you so much. Not what I'm interested in. How's your day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never compromise your no. Never say yes when you mean no. You can always say no, but I would like this instead. And then you get to speak your want. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on, on the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, I need to get this email done. If I can get this email done tonight, okay, maybe. 
That's a reality, right? right? It's like, I got a deadline on an article. Yes, I'm horny. Yes, I want to do this. And oh my God, my editor's going to kill me. So don't, don't stop tempting me. I really want it. I really want it. Really want that which you are offering me right now and get out of my sight because I want it so badly. <laughs> That's also a no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people, for some reason, well, you know, we're humans. And we think that if we receive a rejection, it's not that the other person doesn't want what we're offering or that it's it's that what we're offering is bad or we are bad. And if we can reframe it to be like, oh, chocolate cake is delicious. That doesn't mean that the person always wants to eat chocolate cake or wants to eat chocolate cake right now, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's just or that- may desperately want that chocolate cake right now. <laughs> Yeah. But they can't. Still need to say no. Yeah. I I think we don't often talk about the, I really, really, really desperately want this right now, but no. That's a hard one, yeah? It's like part of adulting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Discipline. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. That's a good one, though. I really, 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 really want this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell that the editor deadline email thing may perhaps be uh, kind of personal? Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that's never happened to me. Uh huh. Yeah. I want to play, but I have to work. Wah. Well, you have some cool projects coming up. So I'm glad that there's some discipline around them. So that <laughs> yeah. your new book will come out and your, <sighs> yeah. your program with the women and your classes. So you do them in California, in San Francisco, and oh. you do them in New York. Yes. yes. And then you travel to other places offering other other classes. Yes. So I'm, uh, I'm in Los Angeles often. I'm in New York and San Francisco Bay Area often. And occasionally I'm in other cities. So if you subscribe to my new newsletter or my social media, you'll know when I'm showing up. And sometimes I show up on a short notice. Mm -hmm. Like I'm showing up, uh, sometimes I'll just pop up to like, Denver, hi, Denver. Two weeks notice, I'm showing up. Pay attention because you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Planet Midori. Mm -hmm. Planet Midori in all the social media. What does your name mean? My name means green. It's actually an old-fashioned Japanese name. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I would get teased. Growing up in Japan, I would get teased because it's it's kind of a grandma name. It's like being named Bertha mm-hmm. or Pearl, Estelle, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't hip when I was a kid, so I would get teased. But, you know, over here, it's like a cool name. Woo-hoo. It is very yeah. cool. It means green. I was born in spring. It's, you know, it's like being, well, I suppose, you know, there were kids that are named August and April and yeah. autumn. It's like that. Or like pearl. Green. Yeah. It's beautiful. My With, middle name is Takara. Or oh, Takara. oh, treasure. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. It means green, which also I can say my name is, my name is a go word in the safe word system. Oh, ah! so cool. <laughs> It's like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. My name is a yes word. That's fun. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I like that. Aw, good one. Do you want to do kegels with me? Oh, sure. Main squeeze, squeeze it good. Oh, wait. I have a kegel challenge. Please, yes. Okay. Let's do it your way. Okay. I want you to give me super frowny face. And for those of you listeners out there too, give me like grumpy cat face. Like get off my lawn. Like, you know. Grumpy cat face. Grumpy cat. Mm, like get off my lawn. Like super grumpy face. Mm, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Mm, like angry face. Okay. Now do kegels. Mm. It feels very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll end up like laughing. 
how isn't that funny? What is the connection? I think for most people, I'm sure there are statistical outliers.、Mm-hmm. I think it's damn difficult to have an unpleasant face when you are doing real kegels. I'm like,、mm, it's causing me to like open, <laughs> but I can't <laughs> tighten at all. And you can't. And if you really keep doing your kegels, you cannot hold a grumpy face. This is a great challenge. I'm going to practice. Right. And the thing is, you'll break out into a really authentically sexy smile. So this is something that would be great to do before a date. Yes. Before sex. Yes. All day long. Yes. While you're at the traffic stop. Yeah. And it's just silly, you know. It's like get a bunch of friends together and go, okay, grumpy face. Okay, kegels. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then you know who's really doing their kegels because they'll their face gets like weirdly contorted and then they start blushing and then they burst out laughing because it's silly. That's a good one. Yeah, and that's funny with your pervertible <laughs> challenges. <laughs> do you have、um, a homework assignment that you want to give the audience to do between now and the next podcast they listen to? How about the grumpy face? Yeah, grumpy face kegels just for silly. Grumpy face kegels, do those and check out、yeah. all of your stuff. I want them to know everything there is to know about. Thank you, you. and my Patreon, yay! Yeah,、mm-hmm. so yeah, our、um, big patrons are Donna Flint, the Millers, Ben Trammell, and Zip Wah. Maybe they're listening, and they'll go check out your page as well. That would be fantastic, and nice to meet you, you important patrons. Yeah, yeah, people are incredible on that that site and just in general, they're really wonderful. So, I hope that they will check you out and do their grumpy face kegels and practice their engaged collaborative consent. Thank you for being on the Explanations podcast. Thanks for having me, and and thanks for listening to both of us out there. Yeah, have some good grumpy kegels. Yes, <laughs> and Cora and Paro, I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs>